Hi guys. We are back for our second show, Parenting from the Trenches, on yellowbrick.me, and we are live on Facebook. So welcome and thanks for joining us. If you were with us last month, it was great to have you then. Yeah. And I am Dr. Amy Alomar. I'm Dr. K. And uh, this show is really for you. We're going to talk about news, we're going to talk about research, we're going to talk to experts, and really it's all about pulling together information to help support families and parents to build stronger communities. So um, we're always interested to hear from you, and at the end of the show we'll address questions from our audience. Uh, if you have any questions or you want to continue the conversation online, we actually have a new tiny URL that we're trying out. It's bit.ly slash PFTT2, that's Parenting from the Trenches 2, and that's for episode 2, so we'll hopefully number those so they go along. Um, we also uh, can be found at yellowbrick.me, and you can message us at yellowbrick.me. So, without further ado, we'll just yeah. jump right in. Today's going to be a, a serious topic. This is a really serious topic, and I'm um, really excited that we're putting this forward episode 2, So, because I think it's so important. And we're talking about suicide, and we're talking about um, what a problem it is. And it, uh, we're going to get some statistics, and it's definitely overwhelming. I think it's like the second leading cause of death for children, um, 10 to 18, I believe. Close. So, and we've um, seen some recent news. We've seen about. recent news. So here in Glastonbury, about probably six weeks ago or so now, we had um, a child, a teenager, take his own life. And um, it was extremely upsetting, um, completely destabilizing for, for me personally, just knowing that this child had been in our community and um, I did not have a chance to help. And knowing that he even lived so close to my office was really um upsetting to me. Yeah, and it just it's, so, it's hard for the community as you yeah. experience and it's and it's unquestionably right. challenging for right. those close to him. And we've had some more national news, but also local in right. Bristol, Connecticut with Aaron Hernandez and yeah. a lot of questions going on about what's going on with that somebody with a life so full and rich in many ways um, and feeling mm -hmm. the need to, to take his own life. So um, a lot and of I just that, one thing I wanted to say is what we've noticed in the office is that um, you know, it creates, there's, there's good and bad, right? Um, and I really hope that we can use this platform and also just the work that I do to educate people about depression and anxiety. Um, I think I'm hoping we use these sort of tragedies as a way to really start having conversations and figuring out um, what's going on with our kids, what's, but it's also an adult issue, issue too. Yeah. And it's just something we need to start talking about and we need to start monitoring on a regular basis, just like other medical issues like blood pressure and yes. diabetes and all these other things. We should be measuring so people's mental health and yeah. wellness. It's not just dealing with the aftermath, which is important, right. which we'll talk about, but it's also identifying red flags right. and how can we kind of help people along the way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's interesting because also sort of in the news and the media, um, we have this new Netflix series that's getting yep. a lot of buzz. I know, um, I know. Some schools yeah. are sending home announcements yep. about it. Um, this It's uh, 13 Reasons Why, and I did have the opportunity to watch one episode. Um, we've had some of the experts from our online community share with us about this, and we're going to talk What did you think, Amy, though, about 13? I I'm not a film critic. I didn't find it all that 
engaging as a okay. show. Okay. <laughs> the okay. topic certainly was engaging. I wanted to yes. know what's going to happen, and you know, certainly very interested. Um, very nervous to, to watch with my kids, and yeah. my kids have asked if they could watch. Um, and we, we have a couple of our experts wrote in, and I want to share this because mm -hmm. this is one take on it, right? So yeah. we've heard from some schools that are nervous and sending out notices about it. Um, therapist John Sovic writes in, this show can be a stepping off point for very real conversations with mm -hmm. teens. Suicidal thoughts are real and we need to remove the stigma. So in that sense, we're doing a show today to talk about it. We want to really bring it out in the open. We obviously believe it's important to talk about Absolutely, these things. Right. Um, is it done well? Is it done correctly? We'll kind of get into that with our, mm -hmm. our expert joining us today. Um, and then we also have Dr. Shane Owens um, from the online community saying, I am working my way through it a second time, can understand initial negative reactions, but keep thinking truth equals stranger than fiction. I think the more expert adults demonize it as opposed to engaging kids and others on it, the more we paint a big attractive target that's on a, it. That's a really so good if we point. say no, yeah. you can't watch it. But let's invite let's invite our guests Please, on. Yeah. Um. So today we're really excited to be joined by Matt Riley, the chief operating officer of Jordan Porco Foundation, and this is an organization committed to preventing suicide, promoting mental health, and creating messages of hope for young adults. Thank you. We're so excited yeah, to thank have you, Matt. So thank us. you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. My yeah. pleasure. Great. Um, so you've got an impressive background. You've kind of got Thanks. a mix of business and healthcare and communication. So it seems like the right mix to I be bringing you, this I to life. I think you use the word expert. I'm reluctant to, <laughs> to, to, to rise to that. But I'm, not a, I'm not a clinician, but I'm, uh, I, I'm a father who lost a child to suicide. So I have that personal connection to, uh, to the work, to the industry, and uh, obviously as the, um, an executive with the Jordan Porco Foundation, I'm in the work every day. So I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to share whatever I can with you. And thanks for joining us. Sure. And I'm really sorry to hear about your loss, and I'm, I'm happy to see you inspired to do work Thank to share with much. others. Thank Maybe you. you could start just by telling us a little bit about the foundation, and then we sure. could go back to the topic of talking about sure. it. Sure, yeah, delighted to do that. So we are in our, I think it's our sixth year of operation now. Uh, we were founded after the suicide of Jordan Porco, the namesake of our organization, while he was a freshman um, in college up in Vermont. And uh, naturally, I think um, you know most families in that situation are just completely devastated, but they really wanted to do something positive as a result of, of this uh, tragedy. And so they were fortunate that they had the means to um, develop this organization, and they did a, a large amount of research on what could make a difference with today's youth, because we do focus on the young adult, the youth population almost exclusively. So we really were trying to figure out what would resonate with them, what would work with them. We developed within a reasonably short period of time these peer-to-peer -peer programs, which we distribute on primarily college campuses. We're now moving into the high school. They're live, peer-to-peer. They are. They're, they are interactive uh, sort of event programming where student groups take on the role of providing educational resources to the students that are attending. And that's the peer-to-peer -peer component. That we, we know that if you've done an exceptional job uh, as a parent to create a safe environment for your child to come and talk to you, that's great, and, mm -hmm. and every parent should aspire to that. 
but the reality, what the research shows, is that generally speaking, kids turn to kids yeah. uh, in that time of need. So it's mm -hmm. it's almost that it takes a village concept, mm -hmm. if yes. you will, where yes. everybody needs to be working together to sort of make it okay to, to talk about what's yeah. going on. And you talk about what resonates with kids. Well, a new Netflix series right. generally resonates with my own children. Right. I know my kids have asked to watch the show, and I, mm -hmm. I sort of, ooh, I'm not sure, maybe we could do another Gilmore Girls, yeah. <laughs> yeah. keep it light. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what what are your thoughts and, and recommendations, if you have them, about yeah. that? Well, again, I'm, I'm by no means an expert on that, but I will say that, you know, there's, there's obviously a tremendous amount of discussion going on mm -hmm. about this right now. It's getting a lot of exposure, and I think, you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, on the good side, it does sort of open up a conversation about the yes. issue, and that's what we're always trying to do, right? Because there's no doubt that there continues to be, um, a, you know, a tremendous amount of stigma around mental health, yeah. mental illness, mental disorders, uh, certainly suicide. So it's imperative that we resign ourselves to opening up a conversation, being comfortable talking about it. However, uh, we talk a lot in the industry about safe messaging. And I think the major concern over this particular Netflix series is, is it being handled in a safe way? And I think most folks agree that it, it we're really uncomfortable with the way that it's being handled. It may be Maybe a little glamorized. Certain elements are being glamorized. You know, you've got Hollywood in there doing their production values, that kind of thing. Uh, I watched about four episodes. I personally didn't feel there was a, a terribly close connection between the issue of suicide itself and what the show was discussing. It felt very but I was only I only watched the first few episodes, so maybe yeah. they did more of that as they got closer to her actually taking her life. I don't know. Yeah. But um, you know, there as you said, a lot of schools are now sending messages to parents about this series. They're encouraging parents to talk to their kids about this. So maybe that's the message: is if you're going to watch it, it, you know, uh, maybe maybe embrace it a little bit, but open up that conversation. Yeah. Maybe watch it with your kids, or at least parallel to while they're watching it? Absolutely. I'm always a proponent of that. I mean, I will say that one um, very important thing for parents specifically to keep in mind, I think that a lot of parents have this concern that if they engage with their children in a discussion about mm -hmm. suicide, that will, it will actually put the, saw, the thought into their mm -hmm. head. And I think it makes parents reluctant. It makes them apprehensive to open up that conversation. But the reality is, and what all the research and the science suggests is, it doesn't do that at all. Yeah. So we as parents have a responsibility to have these conversations with our kids uh, rather is, than to... That's often the case with um, people who are against sex education. Yeah, exactly. They think that, that offering yeah. ideas about birth control and sex education right. will promote sex, right. but, but really it's what you're saying is it's promoting a responsible way of thinking about something. Right. I mean, everybody's entitled, obviously, to their personal opinion sure. about how to handle things. And it's it's... Clearly, it's a difficult subject. So, if you really rely on what does the research show statistically, what's the sort of empirical evidence to suggest should I talk about it, should I not talk about it? It all leads to we should all be talking. Which about is it. also what we're hearing from our online community mm -hmm. of experts too. Like, get the conversation going, start it, sure. um, and if anything, this show is doing that. So, so yeah. that's a good thing. And I also think yeah. it's really important when you do talk to your kids that you approach them in a softer or more gentle approach. Mm -hmm. 
um, and try as much as possible to be comfortable yourself with the topic because if kids sense that you're really nervous and or you're just kind of going through like three quick questions to like check it off and get it done you know like I, I think you you want to be in a place um, where they're you know you're not with your phone you're not in a place where there's a lot of distraction the TV's not on you know maybe and it's maybe even acknowledging night. that you are uncomfortable yeah. right so at least put right. it out there like this scares me and that's that's Absolutely. why we're making so it a being, serious so conversation being vulnerable and it's been explaining that do but, you yeah. offer resources for parents to talk with their children is there stuff on a website yeah i mean there's a tremendous amount of uh you know information uh, obviously in general on the internet our website is jordanporcofoundation.org mm -hmm. and then we have a variety of websites for some of our individual programs but jordan and we could put a link to to that on yellowbrick.me, right? Yeah. yeah. Certainly. Uh, you know, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is a good resource. Uh, in Connecticut specifically, there's something called the Connecticut Suicide Advisory Board. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, you know, there, um, that, that uh, organization is chaired by some uh, folks that are well-respected within state agencies. So there's a, there's a whole, but, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the, the kind of the common sense things, right? Like, if, for example, if you have a child that's talking about taking their Clearly, that's a massive red flag. Or if you have someone that is giving away possessions, um, or you know they they may be displaying irregular behavioral patterns patterns with with, with respect to sleep or with eating, um, you know these kinds of things. Um, the peer-to-peer -peer approach, and one of the things that we try to do at the Jordan Porco Foundation is to educate young people about those warning signs, so they're on the lookout. For friends. For friends. Peers, yeah. For friends. Because often I think that our children, um, you know, not always, but they, they kind of project a persona mm -hmm. uh, within, you know, sort of with their parents in mm -hmm. one way, and they may be it may be a little bit more authentic in terms of how they interact with their peers. So it's incredibly important for the peers to understand the warning signs and know yeah. what to do. It's such a wonderful approach. I yeah. know it, with my own kids, one of the struggles we have is sort of we monitor so much of what they do, and then as they grow up, whether mine or not, you stop monitoring. You yeah. don't know who your kid is all the time. It's, it's easy to miss things. I know I did with my daughter. So. I So vigilance is super important. We, you know, it's it's one of the most important things. And and to your point earlier, you know, I think one of the main things that we need to do is we need to treat mental yeah. health in the same vein that we treat physical health. Absolutely. We do. It's that stigma you talked exactly about. Sometimes correct. it's seen as like uncool to have a mental health issue. It's because yeah. we don't understand it. We don't. You know, we, we're really not comfortable us. with it. But we we have to be. We yeah. have to force ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there, are there any statistics, are there areas, types of kids, types of areas where we mm. see higher incidences? Maybe like, I know I've seen like in high achieving, mm. you know, yeah. areas sometimes we see clusters. And yeah, it's, it's, it goes back to the kind of it's all over the spectrum type of thing. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, so I think one of the mistakes people tend to make is they often think that the most vulnerable child is that child that's incredibly isolated or alienated, doesn't have a lot of friends, clearly they are vulnerable. But to your point, Amy, um, maybe on a variety of sports teams, often what we find is these are some students that are pushing themselves to an extent that brings them to a breaking point. They feel so much pressure on themselves to continuously be the best yeah. 
exists among middle-aged men. So, you know, it it's not doesn't discriminate amongst age groups. Um, there are some disparities between minority groups in terms of suicide rates and what has higher rates than others. Um, there's no it's no secret that amongst Native Americans, um, and we'll be working with uh, doing something with the Nashantucket Pequot oh, good. tribe. Um, but um, but yeah, it, it's kind of all over the place. Everybody it, is. It really is because risk, you know yeah. it's it's hard to, to you know life is hard. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And we all struggle, and that's why I think it's so important to be involved with therapeutic services and to reach out and get help. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. It's such pleasure. a valuable resource for us locally and and nationally, and we really appreciate um, your time. And, and again, I'm sorry My for pleasure. your loss. It's, Thank you. And all the work that you do Thank going you. forward and really yeah. taking that, I mean, I think that's so much of what life is all about is taking tragedies and taking the hardest things and trying to grow something out of that place. Appreciate that. So that's, um, yeah. that's really... We have a, a live viewer, Heather, show. We both felt the idea was that suicide shouldn't have been and her suicide only led to more heartache. Who would she have been when she mm -hmm. grew up? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing we talk about a lot, that pain is temporary, you know, um, and suicide is permanent. Yeah. So, um, you know, and the message that, that we say here all the time is that, um, and we know this as adults, that pain, out of pain you grow your strength. Well, we talked about that last month, you know? right? Like, yeah. you've got grit. Right. right, and grit can right. keep you going, but a right. little too much pressure. Right. And, it, and, and I do think it's the stress factor. I, I think it's stress, and I think it's lack of connection. Yeah. I, I think those are the two really big things um, where the person just feels continually stressed out. I think also looking at sleep patterns is a huge thing. for um, Either people that um, commit suicide either are not sleeping or they're sleeping all the time. So that, that's a sign that something's yeah. wrong. Um, but this, and then the sort of lack of connection, you know, real deep connection. And I know schools work toward that too. They call it a climate of care. And so how can teachers, you know, kind of identify who they're connecting with? And does mm -hmm. somebody, does every student on campus have somebody yeah. they can go to? Yeah, and I know absolutely. Yeah. And having, you know, psychologists in the schools, and which there are, which a lot of people don't even know, and um, social workers and how they're available. I used to work as a school psychologist and I dealt with this all the time, yeah. you know, and, um, but some people I think realize that they're not even there and they're, exactly. they're a resource at any time, at any time for you. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's making people aware of the resources, make, making, but also making people self-awareness because I think sometimes it just, becomes, oh, this is the way I am, and yet as adults we know that you go through lots of stages within your life, you know, I mean, some are really great and some are not so great, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah, sure. you got to just keep going and you got to find things that, that, that keep you afloat, yeah. you know, for yeah. some, some days it's day to day or moment to moment, but that won't go on forever, yeah. we know that. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. This is the um, time in our show that we're going to transition to audience questions. So we've had some emailed questions into us, and uh, thank you for watching and for sharing your questions. And we encourage others to write in. So you can message us again at yellowbrick.me, or you can email us at uh, from the trenches at yellowbrick.me. 
So our first one is Jessica from Texas. Okay. So welcome Jessica from Texas, thanks for watching. My only child who will be turning 10 in the summer has been accepted into the GATE program for fifth grade beginning this fall. The program is not at her current school which she attended since kindergarten. While she's qualified for the program, she's very shy and I can't help wonder if putting her in a new school will have a negative impact on her. She'll change schools when she reaches middle school. How do I know what's the best decision for her? And this is a great question. For those of you who aren't familiar with GATE, it's usually an enrichment program. It can work differently in different schools. So it can be an all-day program. It can be a before-school, after-school mm -hmm. program. Um, and my knee-jerk reaction is, yeah. Jessica, if you're having this concern and you feel like you know, she's already thriving in her current school and yeah. she's engaged academically, there are other ways you can enrich her, um, yeah. you know, her academically. You can do after-school things yourself. You can talk to her teachers. You can find out what the GATE curriculum is. So if you're, if you're as nervous as it sounds like you are and she is engaged, I would say keep her I because would, she's going to switch to middle the school. Exact same thing, there's right. always time for honors right. and APs. And you can do Khan Academy and there's so many incredible enrichment opportunities online or yeah. just even do sort of the Montessori approach and see what she's interested in and then have her develop a project out of that. Yeah, so, so I would say go with your gut. Um, yeah. If you feel that she's not you know, engaged academically, that might be the time to consider and if you're nervous about her socially in that circumstance and you choose to make the decision, then be sure to talk with her teachers and with her and make a plan for this transition so that she feels comfortable and she may re-engage with her other friends when she reaches yeah. middle school. Um, we've got Karen from California. Hello, Karen out oh, there in geez. California. Okay. Probably warmer than us today. Yeah, sure. Um, the only thing my daughter wants for her 10th birthday is her own YouTube channel. There are many kids that have their own channels, but in today's world, it's very frightening. Is there a recommended minimum age limit or parental controls oversight that she sh that we should follow in this regard? Um, I think it's wonderful that her daughter wants to I think to that's a really interesting and, thing. And yeah. um, the way I look at it is that, you know, we can monitor that, right? So, I, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of harm in it because I would just recommend to monitor it. And yeah. she wants to put up some videos or um, music or dancing. Well, like or going back to the conversation, right? Yeah. We're always going back to conversation. Right. But talking to her about it and, like, if she sees how hard of a conversation or a decision this is for you, then she's starting to understand the gravity and why. Yeah. And so bringing in the digital footprint, like, what is a digital footprint? Why would I be nervous about you putting these out? Mm -hmm. But yeah, go on and explore. And I think there are some age limits. I think YouTube would be 13. I have no idea. I think it's that, 13. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but you can get around that by doing shared accounts with her. Or mm -hmm. she can use your account. Um, or I think maybe sometimes with parent permission, younger kids can open accounts. So I wouldn't let it stop me. I think it's a great outlet for her to be mm -hmm. creative. And the truth is... This is how kids are socializing these days. Yeah. So we yeah. can either get on the train and enjoy it with them and learn a little bit more about who she is through her videos, or you know we can say, yeah. no. Um, in the end, it's up to you and you know your child best. And if you feel like this is going to be detrimental to her, then you know absolutely go with your gut. Yeah, the one but thing. Question comments, why? Yeah, that's question the only thing I would worry comments about. Comments on her videos. Comment like yeah, yeah. making sure that. Um, you know, she she would be okay if there ever were negative comments. Or being posted. careful who she shares with. Maybe yeah. she doesn't share everything publicly. Yeah. So I think those those would be the questions 
that I would go through, you know, just to kind of make sure. But maybe try it and see how it goes right. and monitor it closely. She's only 10, so I would definitely monitor it I just think the, the biggest issues are the kids having, you know, having negative comments come in through social media, and then that's just like, for some kids, it's, they're like, whatever, I, you know, I'm going to do my thing. And for some kids, it's like crushing. Yeah. So I think you have to know your kid well enough. That's a great point. That. And keeping yeah. your network kind of closed yeah. if possible. Absolutely. Like inviting in only people. Yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs. So you, yeah, yeah, I know my daughter on, on Instagram can choose who follows her, mm -hmm. and she can choose whom she follows. So we have a, a rule that it's people she knows yeah. and trusts because those are pictures that you know she finds dear to her. So I think that would be a good rule of thumb, but great point on yeah. the comments. And then we have Darcy from New York. Thank you, Darcy, for your question. Um, she says, oh, this is a tough one. My question is yeah. maybe less about parenting itself and more about parenting in a couple. <laughs> How do you negotiate differences in parenting style? I don't know. If, it, if she figures it out, let me know. Yeah, right. My husband and I see eye to eye on a lot of things, but there are a few, sometimes general instances, where we really disagree. He tends to be more strict, more black and white, and I tend to be more fluid and focused on developing emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to support each other and get out of each other's way without that, oh God, she or he is doing it wrong feeling in the pit of your stomach? Great question. Sorry you're experiencing this, but my guess is it's part of life. I think it's extremely <laughs> yeah, common. And, and yeah. you're so yeah. lucky to be co-parenting with someone because parenting is a very hard Job. And so job, maybe yeah. take a moment to at least be grateful there's somebody in there with you. Yeah. And now let's figure out. I, I have some ideas um, about yeah, what she could do. What do you think? Too. I also think that um, kids don't necessarily always need the parents to be completely aligned. Um, I, I think that's a misnomer. You know, I think everybody thinks, oh, you have to have exactly the same rules and the same um, ideas about discipline. I do think that. You know, there's lots of parents that do a good job where the the husband or the wife is sort of more the enforcer, and yep. then the other one is sort of the softer it's landing. Back, you know, yeah, yeah. And I I think that works, and I think you know a lot of us think oh you have to be exactly the same and you have to do exactly the same thing. I think each couple and co-parent has to come up with how they're going to handle it. It gets yes. it gets more complicated if the parents are divorced. Well, that's um, a whole other show. So that's I think a whole this, other is a show. this is a co-parenting question. But this is co-parenting in a in a married house. situation. Yeah, yeah. that's so, a good point. I yeah. think if they're divorced, if you are parenting with someone like a guardian, maybe that's a, a whole other show. A whole yeah. other show, yeah. which we can exactly. explore. <laughs> but some some concrete tips is maybe you know just generally making sure that you have respect for one another is always mm -hmm. a great thing in a marriage, right? With or an without appreciation, kids. an appreciation, and yeah. if you want them to see it from your side. Make sure you're seeing it from their side. So what I would say Absolutely. is not in the moment. Yeah. Take some time to reflect. And if there's a decision you've double, you know, kind of thought about twice, I would go back and talk and go through the steps, right? Like, what led you to that? Here's how I might have handled it. And then you could even say, for the next month, we're going to make all decisions together. It'll be exhausting. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be like, oh, my gosh, we have to decide what's for dinner, and now I have to go call mom, right? Um, Nobody wants But, to like, that. maybe you could do that for a week <laughs> or a month. Yeah. Try it out to kind of see where you're coming at in decision making. And I think you're right. Like a kid doesn't have to have no, the same thing coming from It's good to see that fine. there's disagreement, but make sure that you are on the same page, that right. you have And you're not your angry with each other. Yes, you know, but sort of opinion. recognize that you have 
to 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 you're, you're working as a team, but it doesn't have to be. You don't have to be the same team player or play the same position. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I think that's total, I think that's a great great advice. Great advice. And thank you to my lovely husband out there, whom I'm sure deals with this all the time. Um, we have one last question. We're running a little late, but we'd love you. I think this is an important one from one of our viewers. Kids, when it comes to a peer who seems really despondent, and I think that's a fantastic question. Yeah. Um, and I think it is coming to you to talk about when I always um, this question of suicide comes up either in a school or in a community um, there will definitely you know all of a sudden I would ask for you know what are they seeing what um, what leads them to believe that this person is depressed um, or despondent you know, or despondent yeah and, and so you like don't really want to raise just, more red flags than there right. are right like you want to make sure you've got information before you go barreling and accusing right. a child of right Right. Yeah. But then, you know, I am really, um, I always err on the side of caution. Mm -hmm. So I um, have been in this business for a long time. I've seen a lot of things. I am never afraid of calling a parent or um, letting somebody know that, you know, these are some of my concerns. I really think we need to start having conversations or we need to start talking about these things whether they're in my office or just even without within the community. I am like the first person who's going to get on the phone and just call and just check in and see and think, from a place of caring. Yeah, you know? and for the person who's who's not got the background like you, right. maybe the message is if it feels bigger than you, ask for help. Yeah. So call yeah. the school psychologist. That's right. Call Absolutely. your pediatrician. You know, there's a lot of resources out I there. I would call for the you. school. And go yeah. on the uh, Jordan Porco Foundation right. website. Right. You know, go go get some some tips and, and feel confident. In but don't be afraid don't be of this. I mean, I think that's the biggest Yeah, thing. and I'm not don't sure that all parents would be comfortable approaching another parent. So if that's your, and that's maybe not appropriate all the time, so so reaching out for your other, but don't be afraid to reach yeah, out. So call the school, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I would call, call the principal and let the principal handle um, in the school psychology with that yeah. student. Absolutely, but don't hold on to you don't don't do something live to regret. No, yeah, no, yeah. Chances I, are it's nothing, but it we can't take. Yeah, a chances are it's we can't acne, take, right? We can't take a blood test for it, you <laughs> yeah. know. So it's yeah, like, right, right. So yeah. yeah. website yellowbrick.me there's teaching empathy creating a healthy family kitchen teaching financial literacy and don't we have one on promoting independence in kids is that up yet i don't know if that's up to Not be honest sure if that's it's, up yet, it's, but it's we in have the works one in the works on promoting <laughs> independence with your kids so um go check us out and uh please join us again on may 24th yeah. thanks so much bye guys bye